Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello and welcome to episode two of Loose Units, Loose Ends. Every week during the quarantine, Dad and I are going to sit down and have a bit of a phone chat and answer questions and just, you know, generally try and keep spirits up. Dad, last week you told, like, one of my favorite stories. It was of you doing basically a citizen's arrest in your red underpants. And then you called, like, half an hour later, frantic because mum had reminded you of, like, the end of the story, which you left out. That's right. So I listened back to it and... um. I listened back to it. Is that how it goes? <laughs> Good stuff. Uh, I'm slightly discombobulated because I'm sitting in my office. Right, right. Do you know Do you know where my office is? It's not the toilet, is it? No, no, because there'd be an echo. You're in the ute! Yeah, of course, the, love, the dadmobile. I love my ute. So I went back inside and Christine said, oh, but did you tell them the most important part of that story? And I went, what was that? She said that when you were actually standing on top of the guy, mm. like waiting for the police to arrive... A full uh, bus, it's the 190 that goes to Palm Beach from I know Wynyard, yeah. had pulled up and I looked sort of across and at my, at, directly at our level, like at eye level, were all these people in the bus just looking at me with this guy that, and it's just, and it was one of those weird moments where I sort of, and these people were, it was very, very late, so they were probably delirious. Mm. And then to, to pull up at a, at a set of lights, um, and see this weird scene of a guy and his undies standing on top of this massive guy. Uh, uh, you know, and that's anyway, that's the bit that I didn't maybe, allude to. So. Dad, maybe they thought you were a superhero of some sort. Or maybe they thought they'd fallen asleep on the bus and you're what they see when they have sleep paralysis. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's that's implausible, I think. Oh, uh, given the strange things that happen on loose units, I, I true, don't know. True, 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 um, true. Now, listen, I believe, I believe you actually had a story you... Um, I do, yeah, I do. You... I've got a story, and, and I, I know this morning, because, you know, as, as I say, and as you and I say in every single time, every podcast we've ever done over the... Over the well, it's, am I correct in saying it's over a year? I think, I mean, it feels like 10. I mean, listeners yeah. can clue us in. We've been doing this for quite a while, but, uh, you it's know. It's amazing. Yeah. But I think I gave you a, a clue, a word. Yes, it was rug. Rug. So the thing is, I think this is a really, really weird, surreal, it's a super weird story. And you're thinking, fuck, like, God, Dad, what are you, you going to tell me? But so, you know, in, you know, council cleanups. Yeah, hard people rubbish. People throw out, yeah. three, people throw out the most incredible things. Do you recall that amazing story about the guy? He was a he was a uh, like a garbage guy, garbo, um, you know, garbologist, whatever they call them. And, and back in the sixties, but he worked in a really beautiful suburb of Mossman. So he picked up on a council clean up this this old clock, and it had never ever worked. And then you know that I've been an antique dealer for some time, and I got a call to this guy's house, and uh, you know he'd, he'd long since retired, and he showed me this old clock in the garage. 
and it was quite a nice clock. And he and he picked it up and he shook it, and there was like a rattling. Have you heard this story? No, no, no. That's a fucking cracker. And but this is not the story about the rug, but I'm just sort of telling you. I'm leading up to that by saying that um, some amazing things have been thrown out. Amazing things over the years in all cities of the world. That's a fact. And this particular guy had this clock, and it was it was a nice clock, and I paid him. I think I paid him about five hundred dollars for it. Yeah. Sort of a a mid nineteenth century German uh, clock that looked like a cathedral, and it was made out of brass, and it was really really nice. And he he sort of kept shaking it, saying, "Look, I don't know what's wrong with it." And so I bought it, sort of knowing that I'd have to get it repaired. I brought the clock home. I opened the back of it and had like a, a little round door on the back and I reached my hand up inside and I could feel something stuck and I, I sort of manipulated this thing and I pulled it out and it was a 1930 solid gold Rolex watch. Holy crap. That had been hidden all those years, long before he'd um, picked it up on the cleanup. That's incredible. Dad, but, uh, Dad listen, I'd li- that's an amazing story. I'd like to give you a, a, a big hand and a little hand that story you're very kind and just i think oh, you know I'm, I'm glad you you know i think you're really saving face here i just i, I think it's about time that you told this story and I, i'm really well, you are so 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 quick because because the listeners will think that you wrote and planned that but no, no you didn't no because you haven't heard the story anyway so painting the picture so we live in this suburb of sydney it's a nice suburb it's kind of you know it's pretty nice and like it's just a really really it's got a good vibe and opposite where we live are some incredible, very famous terraces, terrace houses. Yeah. They're very they're very beautiful. Two days ago, I'm driving in my shitbox yurt, which I love, and I see something that I thought, this can't be real, and it was a massive Persian rug. We're talking probably, I would say, three by four, maybe even three by five metres. Okay, big one. And it was stunning. Mm. And I, I, I know a good rug because well, I've dealt in some incredible. In fact, maybe next week I can tell the listeners another phenomenal rug story, if they'd like. And um, so, and I know, look, bear with me because, look, we're supposed to be sort of doing the Q&A, but I think the listeners are going to be a little bit excited about this. Okay. And I, so I, I drove around d- down and then round the roundabout and I checked it out, sort of slowed right down and it looked too good to be true. And then I went home and then I walked back to the rug because there's always this bit of a weird feeling about you don't want to be scrounging or people like in the community see me and they go, oh, God, like, what's he doing? And so I was trying to – and it was daytime. It's only two days ago. And I went back and I checked the rug out and there was a label on the rug at the back of the rug and it was a genuine Persian rug. It had been purchased from a well-known place, <clears throat> excuse me, in um, Chatswood probably 20 years ago and I, I know or, or I recall of that particular rug dealer and they dealt in really, really high end. So my gut feeling, and re- remember, the, and the listeners need to know that I hadn't sort of unraveled it because it was so big and they'd actually folded it in some really weird way using sort of huge guys to sort of lean on it and they'd tie this massive strap around it to bind it shut and but I got, I got a really good sense and I thought look just based on what I think it's pr- it probably would have cost them about 15 grand and there it is and it appeared to be utterly immaculate so I sprinted back and I was and my heart the adrenaline's pumping because I'm thinking am I the only person that's seen this amazing thing it's obviously just been put out because there's no way this thing would last so I run back home I hop in my ute the adrenaline's pumping I drive probably for about mm, 30, 40 seconds. That's yeah. how long it 
took to get to the ute. Mm. Uh, pulled up really, really close to it, and I then I had the I had the minor problem of hauling this this. It, it weighed. Um, let me think about the weight. I reckon it weighed at least as much as a as a, as a guy like a, an adult. So I'd say maybe eighty or ninety kilos. Mm-hmm. So that should be sort of that should be painting a bit of an image of how how big it was. And I lowered the uh, sort of had to whip the tonneau cover on the ute. I'm sort of parked in a bit of a weird, slightly dangerous spot near a roundabout. I had to drop the tailgate down, and I dragged and manhandled this massive rug, and I've thrown it up onto the ute. And I finally got it, and it was huge, and it was sort of sticking out everywhere. Pulled the tonneau back over it as best I could. Drove home, which took about mm, 30, 40 seconds. Pulled up in the car spot. Dragged this incredible rug, and I spread it out. I unraveled it, and it was a thing of beauty. It was so incredible. And I just thought, this can't be real. How on earth have I just scored this incredible, amazing rug? And I thought, I'm going to make a lot of money on this. I could take that to auction and make at least a couple of grand. And I think, well, why didn't they bother? But yeah, who knows? You ready for this? Yeah. I started to have a forensic look at the rug. I dropped to my knees. And I'm crawling around on it. Yeah. And it was so beautiful. But then I realized something terrible. In one corner of the rug. You ready for this? Yeah. There were maggots. Living maggots. And I looked at them. I thought, the f- do you know what the first thing is I thought? What? And Christine, get ready for this, listeners. True story. Christine was in the ute when we drove past it. She said to me, imagine if there was a dead body in it. And that's God's honour. She said that to me. Now, she's gone back upstairs. She's working from home. And I ran over to the balcony. I said, Christine, come and have a look at this rug. And she looked down and she said, oh, it's fantastic. But then I dropped to my knees and started looking at it really carefully. And... I realised, and then I looked even closer, not only were there maggots that were alive, and there were probably five or six hundred maggots in one section, but the wool, the pattern, had actually been eaten away right down to the the actual weaving, so all the beautiful, the wool had been eaten away, and I reached down and I my, my heart almost stopped because then I realised, based on all those terrible crime scenes that I've been to, that in my opinion, someone had died on the rug. How fucked up is this? This happened in, but like where I'm sitting now, yeah. I'm looking, I'm looking up over the rail, and I'm actually so. So you can crow see, flies, you can see the building where meters, okay. I can see the, the building where this rug had been taken from. So conceivably, so, so the scenario. Sorry. No, I was going to say conceivably. Well, I was going to guess. I mean, I'm assuming that someone's died on the rug. The body's yep. been dealt with, and then they've just mm. rolled the rug up, thrown it out, and the. I mean, right? Is I that- just thought. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the uh, the hypothesis that I reached, and I began to feel. And I'm looking at these maggots moving around. Okay, get ready for this. Mm. I then, I then thought, oh, shit, and I then went over to my ute and I looked in the back of the ute and there were fucking maggots everywhere. Oh, God. I dropped out of the bloody rug and then I'm thinking, 
I've got all this stuff in the back. I've got my fishing gear. I've got all my tools. I've got maggots crawling around for my household breakfast. And they're really, really small maggots. And now I've seen lots of maggots. Like, remember the story about the prostitute who was murdered and they were all crawling out of a womb? Remember that one? And dropping out and we were treading on them. They were cracking under our feet. Well, this was these, – these were really, really tiny maggots. And they were like – they were like kind of little white or yellowy sort of tiny little bananas, but they were all wriggling around. And the imagery in my mind of this, you know, and so 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 what's happened is that someone's passed away. This is my opinion, and I and I would say on the balance of probabilities, I'm more than ninety five percent right because something rotten has to have happened. But not only the, the thing is that. The maggots have actually eaten away all this this patterning and this wool because the wool would have contained all the body juices from the rotting cadaver. And I, my, my, my opinion is that this person that had passed away would not have been discovered for some time. So they would have gone into, um, Necrosis, you know, de- yeah. well, decomposition. Mm. And because it's been really, really warm in Sydney uh, of late, you know, that accelerates the process of de- decontamination. So you get flies that come onto the body. They, they fly, you know, the body becomes fly-blown is the term, and then they, they lay eggs in the skin, and then they those, you know, the eggs turn into maggots, and then the maggots turn into into flies. But the fly, the maggots are sort of, in the initial phase, they're, they're living off the rotting flesh, and all the fluids were dripping down onto the rug. And, it, and then the maggots have sort of come down into this sort of, sort of, fluid bodily fluid soaked fiber and they're kind of feeding off that but while they're engorging themselves on bodily fluids they're also by default um eating wool oh which is good for them because they give them some fiber i imagine dad if you if you ever wanted to give someone who is having trouble with their diet like they're eating too much and they can't stop eating if you ever wanted to give someone a fucking auditory appetite suppressant this episode <laughs> is it. I, great. Oh, well, we had this. Look, you know, seriously. No, no, that, the story's not finished. Oh, shit. Because what I then did, I thought, oh, fuck. I've dragged this disgusting, bloody. Death shroud. Magnificent. I like it. That's a very good term, a death shroud. Particularly poignant with Easter coming on. <laughs> was, that a, was that the time that. Yeah, please don't give no, up this podcast I think for I've Lent. Got the, Yeah. Sorry, I think that might be, I may have got, maybe, I'm not sure. No, anyway, okay, here's the really, this, this story gets even weirder. Now, you can't, look, if you had 20 script writers in New York writing for Seinfeld, I don't think you could come up with such a, an, it's, it's just two incredible words. So then I wasn't going to then go do the drive of shame and unload this, and, I, and there's no way I wanted to put it back on the U. Yeah. And... So what I did, we've got a really good council in this area, and you can go online, you get a special like a number, and you stick it to the whatever, mm. and the council comes around and picks it up. So I dragged it out on a footpath, and it was really heavy because I had to re-roll it Ew. and then tie it down. Ew. And I dragged this thing, and I put it outside our apartment, but on, on this like a sloping street just outside our kitchen. Mm. And I ran back inside, and I said to Christine, look, let's organize with the council to get this thing picked up. And you're ready for this? Just as I said that, I heard this scraping noise. And I looked out through the uh, Maria Paniculata. What the fuck is that? Oh, fuck. That's, a, that's the Latin for a 
for a, for a plant. It's the only one I know, right. the only Latin I know. And, uh, and I'm looking at this. I, I couldn't see a person, but I could see the rug moving. I mean, that sounds creepy. Well, yeah. Obviously. I mean, obviously it was moving. It was being pulled by someone. And it's being pulled by this guy that was in a state of sort of almost ecstasy. And then I realized, because I went out on the balcony and I could see this guy and he was so excited. And he was wearing a mask, which is weird. What? It's not weird now. Oh, no, you know, he's wearing that sorry, yeah, white I, mask. Yeah, okay. I, no, 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 no. He's, he's not wearing like a, a weird mask. Yeah. He's wearing a, um, like a, you know, a... Plague mask. You know, for the... Yeah. For the exactly, yeah. and 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 he's sort of and it's hot and he's dragging this thing and he's sweating, but he's really he's pumped up as I was half an hour before. How do you know it wasn't you and, from but, the past? No, no, no. Because what happened? Well, he was actually from um, the Bahamas. He was Jamaican from from what I could gather from, from his accent, you know, dreadlocks and but but sort of he would have been about fifty. And he he drags the get ready for this. He drags this sort of rotten thing that I and I felt guilty then. I thought, do I? say anything and I thought nah fuck it so he then drags it down the side of our house and he hides it in our car park and then he sits on the on, and I'm listening and watching this whole thing unfold like a like a really creepy sort of b-grade drama he then calls someone and he describes in detail this incredible rug he's just found and for them to hot tail it round and I, can you believe what's happening and then this person eventually rocks up he gives them these convoluted directions because he's 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 so excited and he's and he's hidden this rug because he doesn't want anyone else to find it. Yeah. And I've got this weird sensation of this is so weird and do I tell him? Do I not tell him? And then I thought no 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 I can't be bothered. And then someone rocks up and they get it into the back of the vehicle and off they go. Can I? Is that an amazing story? It's bananas. Can I ask the uh, what I think listeners might be wondering right now? Um, what if that was evidence uh, in a murder? Well, that's a very, very plausible and valid point. Yeah. Um, By that rationale, uh, shouldn't the ex-cop have gone, shit, if someone died on this, I should probably report this. Oh, fuck. Paul, you know, that never crossed my mind. <laughs> it's because you've been an antique dealer too long. You've, you you just saw dollar signs appear in your eyes. like I a- did see dollar signs, yeah. but I also then suffered the... The anguish and the trauma of... Um, Cooties. Icky. Ew. Well, no, just thinking that are uh, there still maggots breathing in the back of my ute? Have you checked the ute? Have you given, given it a smile? Yeah, I've checked it. Oh, and I was shaking my towels and little maggots were flying everywhere. Oh, but I thought, if, should I then incubate them and then perhaps use them down the track for fishing? Oh, well, right. Well, they were there with you. You had the fishing gear in the back. Technically, it's all... Yeah. It's, it's bait, really, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you've absolutely ruined ruined breakfast you put me off my knitting i feel physically ill and at this point now we're sitting on you know we've been talking for over 20 minutes about maggots and a potential piece of i mean let's say someone got killed and that rug was a you know they had to get rid of the rug so it's hard rubbish you you roll it up you put it on the curbside and then an ex-cop grabs the evidence and rather than submitting it to the police with his as you've as you've evidenced like clear deductive skills you leave it for some guy to haul away and then you to tell your son a, a disturbing anecdote. Like, mm. did you feel like you dropped the ball? Because there's a question here from Taylor. Yeah. Taylor wanted to know if there was mm. a time where you found it really difficult to contain your inner cop whilst on a job with the fire brigade. And uh, I know this wasn't the fire brigade, but you are you're not a cop anymore. I think uh, Taylor's question is interesting here. Do you, do you not sometimes find it difficult to contain your inner cop when you're, you know, post-police? 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. No, definitely. Not, Without a doubt. Not with the rug, though. Obviously, we just dropped the ball there. No, no, no. No, no. But, um, you know, we... I think I told the listeners. I think I'm, I look at, I've got so many stories in my in my brain, but there was a really heavy scene that happened at, while we were having lunch up at King's Cross yes, a few months ago. You've told that story, and yeah. yeah, and you know it was just sort of no one else was doing anything, and 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 I just kind of you know this 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 switch, and um, and it, when it's activated, you you go into this um, this mode of. Um, you know, you just react in a certain way. Um, what about your? Um, what about the fire brigade? Did you ever um, have trouble suppressing your investigatory tendencies during the fire brigade years? Oh, definitely at, at, at fires. Um, but that was a bit of a weird, like a tall poppy syndrome thing, where you know you just didn't. You, it, it was it was too much. You'd get into a lot of trouble. It wasn't worth the. You know the the even though you had an opinion, uh, or you could see blatant things being destroyed like you know a crime scene or because let's face it a lot of fires are not like there are fires that are that are actually murders you know and and i guess the fires do have to go in and do what they've got to do you know it's the, the foremost thing in their mind yeah because they're not necessarily but but what they're doing is of course they're they're really sort of in a way destroying incredible evidence you know walking through afterwards and you know, because there can be incredibly minute evidence um, at the scene. You know, or you know, you, like you go to a motor vehicle accident. Um, did I ever tell you that amazing story about the fatality where the defence uh, was that their that their lights had been off or they'd been faulty? No. And when and when they hit the person at the scene, this is an incredible story about micro evidence that can be destroyed so easily by other emergency services, like the fires come along and they sort of put out the fire. But in, in, in essence, they're actually, they're, they're, they're like hosing the road down. But on that road at a, a sort of a, an in, almost an atomic level, there can be evidence so critical. And what happened was the defence was when they killed this person, he said that his lights were off at the time, that they, they were faulty or something. They found, or we found, these micro, micro grains that were smaller than grains of sand at the scene of his, bro- his broken headlight. Mm-hmm. But not only that, the filament inside the headlight, which, which is in a vacuum, 
what happened was when the when the when the car hit the person and the light the light sort of covering which was glass covering the light when it impacted with the human body mm-hmm. in the process of killing this particular woman what happened was micro, almost microscopic particles of broken glass flew back through the air in a vapor and attached themselves to the to the filament inside the light and then we found tiny tiny bits of filament at the scene this is at night time might i add and when we took them back to the laboratory and we examined them under an incredibly intense microscope we discovered molten balls of glass that had adhered to the filament which means that the light had to be on at the time of impact and when those microscopic glass particles flew back towards the filament there was such heat on the filament that it fused the micro particles and literally melted this this glass and that proved in court that the light was on that the light was on how fucking brilliant is that holy shit that's really that that's, isn't that just that's, wonderful that's so cool i mean not, yeah. you know that's amazing that's, no, that's amazing that's so that's detective work it's it's great detective work, and it just goes to show that. And remember that. Remember you and the listeners know that we had got um, fingerprints off um, the dirt, the scene of that rape. Yes. And yes. you talk about stupid criminals. Like we went to a really really serious, and I, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but the guy actually left his pen knife at the scene that he threatened the woman with, but it had his name on it. Yep, I remember that. Yeah. So stuff like that, you know. And that's sort of obvious evidence, but then people do leave DNA and they leave all sorts of incriminating stuff that you might not see with the naked eye, but you know it's there. Yeah. Paul, um, mate, uh, how's the uh, how's the second book coming along? Oh, the shit. edit. Shit, yes. Well, one of the things about being in quarantine is that you have a lot of a lot a lot of free time. So the the edit's coming along really well. Um, Penguin are really happy. They're really excited. The book i mean it's a weird time to be releasing a book but i think a lot of people have a lot of free time but i'm about god i'm like three quarters of the way through the edit of the book it's bigger than the last one it's insanely ambitious it's um you know writing a book based on stories you've told the first time was really interesting loose units was a really fun book to write but this is uh, this is so much more ambitious and i'm taking some real chances and i need to give a shout out to to sophie and tom over at penguin who are Working really hard on this, but also just like when I called them up and told them some of the narrative decisions I'm making uh, in the book. I mean, Dad, you know stuff that no one else knows about this book. Uh, remember at the end of Pee Wee Herman's Big Adventure where Pee Wee has his big adventure and he goes to watch the movie based on his adventures, right? Yes. And yes. and he's sitting there in the crowd and it's clearly like a sensationalized version of events and the guy playing Pee Wee is, is like super attractive and right. is, yeah. he rides yeah. a motorcycle instead of a bike. This is, I mean, mm. the experience of reading this book for you should ideally feel a little bit like... Like that. There's some really weird pivots, and I know I'm going to give you a mum um, a. Uh, I'm going to call you on Skype in a few days and read you some of the latest stuff and just Fantastic. see what you Can't think. Wait. But um, we're going to have yeah, we'll have pre-orders open soon for that. We want to really make this a big a big one. So uh, all of you listeners, get ready to um to pre-order um loose units. Two, the name of which I don't know I'm allowed to announce yet, but we'll have lots of announcements very, very soon. And really also, listeners, 
Super sorry we didn't get to more of your questions. We are going to slam through them. But obviously, Dad and I are doing this every week now. So there's heaps of time. I think Paul, in this climate, I think people will be yearning for uh, for your book. You've got such a uh, following. And I, you know, I too am incredibly excited now. You know, I, I'm looking forward. I haven't read any of it yet. Mm. Um, uh, you haven't read any of it to me. Uh, I've read no sample chapters. Um, but I think it's going to be so exciting. And I think the time is right for people to, you know, be able to take time out in this in this crazy world and, and really just immerse themselves in something really, really refreshing and exciting and, and come along for the journey uh, you know, and it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. What's it like for you, I guess, reading the book version of you? Like, what is it like? Well, <clears throat> well I actually find your writing style um, riveting and uh, flows really nicely. And I feel very comfortable with your with your prose. And, um, you know, it's uh, I think you've done me <clears throat> a great um, service by the way. You you know, it's sympathetic and it's, it's you know, it's exciting. It makes me feel... Um, you know, it's 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 wonderful. It's, it's kind of taken out all the the seeming, you know, all that sort of the mundane stuff. Um, no matter what you write about or how you write, you always manage to make things sound, you know, exciting. And and, and let's face it, I mean, a lot of my career and and my life has been exciting. But I think you're uh, the only person that is actually I'm slightly loath to use the word capable, but you've got a great empathy and we know each other really, really well. And I think that, you know, we've sort of been working, you know, you've been, it was your idea, which is amazing. And I had no idea that it would sort of, sort of flower into the first and the second in the podcast. So, and I hope it sort of keeps going. And yeah, I think um, all the um, the listeners are in for a real treat. Oh, I, hope, your, um, I hope everyone likes book. it and I hope you like it. And I just, I, I know it's like the, you know, I know it must be weird seeing the kind of, you know, um, like Hollywoodified version of your adventures. But I think, I think this second book's, I, I, look, I'm really excited I'm about it. I'm super excited. Oh, God. I, I, I re- I'm so excited. And wouldn't it be great to create um, sort of a, like a kind of a character, like one of my favorite characters in, in, um, in fiction is Clive Cussler, you know, m- oh, the author, Dirk, Major, Major Dirk Pitt. Dirk Pitt, Dirk yeah. Pitt, you yeah. know, I just, I just, and you know, the thing about, the, re- the the great thing about books is that you read the book, and mm. this is obviously very, you know, n- well known. I'm not sort of breaking ground here. But the fact of the matter is that if you give one book to a hundred people, those hundred people create in their minds their own kind of sort of they create this. They feel they know the character. They imagine him or her to be a certain. You know, they just they. And that's why when people go to the movies, sometimes they go, you know what? I think the book was better in the <laughs> they do. No, I agree. I, I mean, it's it, very it, difficult for an author to to do a you know to have an avid sort of base of fans that are devotees that buy the book as soon as it comes out. I know I used to be like that with Clive Cussler. Mm. I, I I just couldn't wait to go and I just and then all of a sudden they came out with the movie and it was it was called Sahara and it was okay, but. You know, I didn't feel that the lead guy was quite as didn't have that machismo that I felt that he he deserved, or he, because I guess books can be a lot more, you know, specific and, and detailed, um, and 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 that's great. But so I kind of think that it's it's wonderful, um, and there's nothing quite like the book. 
I am... and, I, and, and I actually like a, a physical book because uh, when I go on holidays, um, which everyone's going to be bursting to do in the next couple of months, there's just going to be this sort of amazing people are just going to want to get out and go places and, and to have a book with you yeah. that becomes dog-eared. Like you can create, fold the, the top of the page, which some people think is sacrilege, but or you can stick a, stick a card in there and, and you just kind of get back into it and it's like in and out and... Oh, it's 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 fantastic. Yeah, I, I'm I'm so I'm so excited about people reading this book. We'll, we will obviously keep everyone appraised, but we want to really just get ready to pre-order the shit out of this thing because we're going to make this go. I think we can make this go big, everyone. Uh, I think Lucius, I think Lucius listeners can make this a big, big success. Yeah. Um, now, Paul, before we go, yeah. I did have a, a, an amazing uh, New Zealand policeman contact me that had a great question to ask for me to ask you. Yeah. <clears throat> Should we save it till next week? Yeah. Let's, okay, cool. Let's but I just wanted to shout out to this this guy because people are getting in touch with me. People that are not on Facebook are contacting me through Instagram and put, giving me questions to, to bring to you oh. and me on these uh, podcasts. That's but great. I'll save this one. But I want I want this guy in New Zealand to just know that I haven't forgotten you and we'll we'll get into that question next week. Okay, next week's going to be an absolute bumper episode and uh oh, if you haven't already heard this week's like regular episode of Loose Units is also a really good one. Um Dad talks all about being a ladder driver. I'm I really enjoyed the episode and we hope you enjoy it too. Don't forget to head across to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash loose units. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and review the show on iTunes if you can. Um, tell your friends about the show. We hope you're all doing okay and we hope you're enjoying these uh, dispatches from the front, so to speak. We're really enjoying catching up each week and keeping your company through the quarantine. But we'll see you next week for more Loose Units, Loose Ends. Bye. Cheerio. Bye. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.